Welcome to the Mom Village Podcast. We are three multicultural moms sharing our journey through motherhood with the Christ Center Foundation. For information and resources, visit us at our church's website at gofamilychurch.org. Or you can also email us at themomvillage at gofamilychurch.org. And please go over and follow us on Instagram at themomvillagefc. We're glad that you're here and welcome to our village. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Village. We are very happy that you're joining us. I know it's been a while, but my name is Jismarie Ramos, and I'm here with my ladies, Kira Kelly. Hey, Village. And Kristen Scroggins. Hey, ladies. And we have a great episode. We always have a great episode, but they're all great because we have a special guest with us. But I'll let Kira introduce the guest, but it's called Discipleship at Home. And I cannot wait to dive in into this. Kira, tell us a little bit what this episode is going to be about and who is our guest. So, ladies, we're going to start with one of my favorite readings as a mom. We talk so much about on the village, all of the do's and don'ts of motherhood, and we try to give wisdom. But I think this as a mom, these verses have given me so much wisdom over the years, and they were shared with me over 20 years ago. And I want to share them with our village. And it's they're from Deuteronomy chapter six. Now, this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to, to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's sons, by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in the land flowing with milk and honey. And I'm going to pick up in verse 6. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Amen. Amen. So with that, I want to introduce to you, Village, our guest for today, Megan Simpson. Yay! Yay! Megan. So, Megan, we are so thrilled that you have joined us here on the Mom Village. And you are truly, I would say, one of the moms that I look up to. Mm-hmm. You have such a calm and such a peace. Mm-hmm. I, um, I always wonder if she gets mad. I'm like, <laughs> I've never seen her mad. <laughs> never seen her mad. So we are thrilled to have you. And we just want to pick your brain for a couple minutes about discipleship at home. So before we dig into the to everything, tell us a little bit more about you and about your people, your family. Tell us what goes on in, in the Simpson household. All right. Well, it's an honor to be asked to come here and, and chat with you guys. So thank you for that. I'm Megan. I'm married to Derek, and he's one of the pastors here at our church. We've been a ministry family for as long as we've been married, and we love it 
it's a great joy of our lives to be able to do that. We have five children, one on the way. We have one coming in November. So Official <laughs> announcement. There you go. It's <laughs> exciting. You <laughs> so exciting. So right now we have a high schooler. Our oldest is in high school. Carly is 15. We have a 14-year-old boy who's in middle school. We have another middle schooler, Grace. And then Parker is in fourth grade. And then we have a little two-year-old running around the house. So keeps us busy. And one on the way. Yeah. <laughs> and one cooking. One cooking. So tell us, how did Pastor Derek and you meet? Tell us the love right. story. So, so we actually met as sixth graders. <laughs> what? That's amazing. Yes. Don't that, tell uh, my girls that. that I tell them that's not a thing. <laughs> that doesn't happen. No, I'm teasing. I know. I joke with my girls because it's hard for me to believe that we were that age, like looking at my middle schoolers when we met one another. But yeah, sixth grade Sunday school <gasps> class at church. Okay. We, we met and grew up in the church together and became friends through high school and started dating after we graduated. So sixth grade. <laughs> sixth grade. Don't you yeah. supposed to be thinking about Legos and Barbie? Barbie dolls, yeah. Well, yeah. apparently Pastor Derek had other things <laughs> he was thinking about. <laughs> All right. So you guys, when, when we met y'all, you were college students. Y'all were actually interns for Jimmy in the youth ministry at Highview and y'all were dating and so cute and all the things and then got married and had had the children. Fun fact, Megan's oldest is my daughter's very best friend and it's our seventh. So (laughs) that tells you the age difference between she and I, but we won't talk about that. But I do, you know, we've, we've watched you and Derek in your dating years, beginning of your marriage, and now you've been married how many years? I'm so bad at it. I think almost 18. Okay. No, it's okay. You're pregnant. You're pregnant. That's right. I'm going to blame it on that. (laughs) About 18 years. And so you guys have lived a lot of life together. Mm -hmm. You have experienced some wonderful moments. You've Mm -hmm. experienced some difficult things. You've lost Mm -hmm. your mom when Mm -hmm. you were married. You've birthed a lot of babies together. You've had a lot of moves. And Mm -hmm. so you guys have been married long enough to have built memories and you guys are in it. So my question for you is in in relation to your marriage relationship, Mm -hmm. how does the way that you and Derek work out your marriage Mm -hmm. and put that on display for your kids, how does Mm -hmm. that aid you or or not in your discipleship program with your Mm -hmm. children? Yeah, I I mean, our marriage... Our marriages are supposed to put the gospel on display, and I think that can be very evident with our children, and we're very intentional about trying to do that in our home. So the way that we love one another, the way that we sacrifice for for one another, our hope is that our children see this played out, that mom and dad are for one another. It's not him leaving for work, doing his thing, mom staying at home doing her thing. It's that we're doing this all together for the glory of God and, and to put the gospel on display. So I'm hoping that sticks with them and that they see that played out. But that's our goal and our hope. You know, you even mentioned to me yesterday when we were kind of talking by text back and forth, even the way you may have already mentioned it, but the way you forgive each other, because Mm -hmm. the truth Mm -hmm. is, I mean, it's not perfect all the time, right? Right. So if, you know, Derek speaks too harshly with you or Mm -hmm. not that he would do that, I'm just using examples, or you get upset about something or whatever, then watching you come back together after conflict is big. Right, right. And extending grace to one another. And even the way that we talk about one another in our home, we decided early on, we did not want our kids to hear us talk negatively about the other person, but always to lift one another up. 
has been something we've been very intentional about doing. Yeah, and I, I think intentionality in, in all cases mm-hmm. of motherhood is key, but in that case particularly, because it's easy to go to the negative, even mm-hmm. with somebody that you love fiercely, and right, you yeah. don't love anybody in the whole wide world more than you love Derek. Right. But if you focus on things that are negative and frustrating, you're going to find yourself there a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I love what you said, that you're intentionally building each other up, covering over each other's weaknesses not speaking negatively about each other. And it's not even that there's not material there for you to share. It's just that's not where you're going to spend your time and your words and your effort with your kids. And I I love that. Really important. Well, Megan, at the beginning of this episode, I shared with you a scripture that was shared with me, I think when I was pregnant, that I've kind of always referred back to as probably one of my number one goals as a mom. And that is, as you just stated, to put the gospel on display in our home. Are there any scriptures that that you can share with our audience that you tend to cling to as you're going through this you know, parenting journey? I do have several, but one that I have gone back to again and again, I read when my kids were all little. So we had our first four in a very short time period. So Carly was four, just turned four, and then Parker was born. So I had all these kids very quickly. And the baby stage was easy for me. But once they started reaching a certain age, I just kind of thought to myself, what am I doing? I have no idea what to do with these kids. I want to train them. I want to teach them and disciple them. And so I was led to James 1. And I'm going to read just a little bit of it. Starting in verse 5, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. And reading that was just rest to my soul because I knew I just have to ask God for wisdom. He knows my kids. He made them and created them uniquely. So I can go to God, ask him for wisdom, and ask him to show me how to raise these kids to love and to know him. And he will do it. And he'll do it generously. I feel mm-hmm. like that's so applicable to any mom that is listening. And at every stage, I was thinking, like, oh, you don't ask for wisdom yes. one time because, yeah. you know, as we all know, yeah, we have I don't kids. Think Our I, kids are different. I don't think every mom wakes up and be like, you know what? I got, I got it, it. Like, yeah. together to this morning. I got it. <laughs> I got it all under control. I feel like that's like a daily reminder that is so encouraging at the same time that we can rely on God, you know, giving us that wisdom. And I think in a, in a way, that's how our Father in Heaven does it. So we can rely on Him and not in our own understanding, which is so, so, so not good uh, for the development of our kids. So that is that is a great input. Yeah. You know, Jimmy and I talk about that a lot. We're like, even if you, like you guys have five, number six on the way, And so you have parented a long time. I mean, 15 years, that's a long time. Mm -hmm. But you've only parented each child through the season that they're in, and they're all different. Mm -hmm. And you think you have one season licked, and then here comes the next season. And then the child who you've already walked through with that, yeah, but now the next one is coming along, and they didn't have an older sibling. People think you've got to figure it out. No. No. No, And and then I think— Their gender comes into play, I think. uh, Yeah. Uh, Their personality is like Yeah, they're all different. And I do—for me personally, I can just say, like, my kids at every stage has humbled me, like, to the ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I think Does, doesn't motherhood bring the best in you and the worst? Mm-hmm. Such a gift every day. Such a gift. You're like, I don't want to see my worst, but there you go. You have a little one, and right there. Yeah. So Megan, that that scripture is so important because it draws us back to 
to who is supposed to be at the center of our lives. Our, our mom group at our church has been going through a Bible study that is entitled Jesus Over Everything. And that scripture reminds us how important that is because we just don't have it good enough in our in our own brain, in our own soul, in our own personalities. We, we need Jesus. So Megan, Kira read Deuteronomy 6 talking about how we are supposed to love the Lord, that we can't really properly disciple our kids unless we have a relationship with Him. So let's pivot from motherhood just a tad bit and say, how do you keep Christ at the center of your own busy and full life? And how do you weave the truths of those scriptures then into the normal rhythm of your day? Well, I think that's so important because I am not able to disciple my children if I'm not being discipled myself. And one of the best ways for me is to be in God's Word. This has looked different in different seasons, but over the years when they were little, it looked like turning on a TV show after breakfast and taking some time for myself just to go and read my Bible. Right now, it's it's usually before they get up, but just to set the intention of, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to pray, I'm going to spend time in God's Word first, and then it's just been very beneficial. Yeah. So do you feel like, has there been a season in your motherhood where it has been easier or harder than others to carve out that time? I'm throwing you a curveball oh, sure. here. I didn't <laughs> no. ask you this ahead of time. <laughs> For but, sure. Which season? I mean, I definitely think when they were little, but I feel like right now, just being pregnant and going through first trimester, you know, nausea, it's been really difficult. So some days the best I can do is read a psalm before I go to bed. But, you know, grabbing time whenever I can and also kind of reorienting myself on, okay, there's been a couple of weeks I've kind of gotten off, whether that was a valid reason or not, but I can kind of reorient myself back to, okay, this is what I need to be centered on. And this is what needs, I need the scriptures pouring into my life. Can I point something out? So she says something about like how now it's maybe just grabbing a psalm or whatever because of the situation and then and other times. But I feel like a lot of moms that listen and you hear us saying that it changes depending on the season. I feel like the enemy uses a lot of guilt during that. So I want you to hear, mom, that what we're saying is an encouragement of where you are or what you're doing. It's actually great. doesn't matter if it's a long time or a small time, but I feel the enemy sometimes uses that to put us down emotionally and spiritually, you know, like, because maybe there was a season that you had time, like you said, Megan, to maybe do a more full Bible study or do something longer. But if you're in a season now, then whatever you can grab is a little psalm here. Or like, mom, it's okay. It's okay. Like, don't let the enemy put that guilt or like, well, I'm not doing enough. So maybe I'm not fulfilling, you know, my spiritual need, you know. The Lord just wants us to draw near to Him and the quantity, it helps. We want you to, you know, have a rhythm. But as long as you are intentional about that quiet time, you know, if you can get a little bit of Bible verse or a little bit here and there, I think, you know, that's the beginning of staying consistent, reaching for God's word. Yeah. And, you know, in Colossians chapter three, it says to set your mind on things of Christ, not on earthly things. And then in a couple of verses down, it says, Jesus who is your life? Um, you know, he calls himself, and John, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. But it's not like Jesus is just the way, the truth, the life. He is, yes. mm-hmm. but he's our life mm-hmm. if we're believers. And so part of how I think we forget 
that the discipleship is necessary is because we don't understand the the necessity of living that Jesus is. He is our life. And just like we would not neglect to drink water or, um, you know, eat something or take a shower because we have to do those to function physically. If we can understand Jesus is not just an accessory yeah. to make ourselves feel better yeah. or feel more spiritual. Or a to-do list. Yeah. 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 He, he's our life. We have to mm-hmm. take that in if we're going to be who God wants us to be. And so, Megan, I love that you said, if if the best I can do is read a psalm before bed, that's a psalm. Yeah. That's right. scripture. That's the nutrient you need it and for that day. That, yeah. And God washes our minds with his word. And just to make that a priority, no matter what, what? season yeah. we're in, I always tell people like, if you have not ever started that, whatever season you're in right now, that's the easiest season to start mm-hmm. it. It's not the next season. If you have older kids, when they were little, you would think, oh, when they're when older, they, yeah. this, <laughs> this whole parenting thing will be easier because they can do things for themselves. Look, we don't look have, at our whole, yeah. all of you are laughing. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Jason, I know no. you think that. But, <laughs> but what you realize is the next parenting phase does not get easier. It brings its own challenges. And so we can't wait until we think we're going to have more bandwidth because we have no idea what that next season is going to bring. So do it now. And you really answered the second question when I said, how do you weave the truths of Scripture into a normal day? You were like, well, sometimes I let them watch TV so I can read the Scripture. And then that's okay because you're actually even discipling them in that if you're doing that in front of them, or at least they know what you're doing, like they're going to remember that. They're not going to just remember the show. They're going to remember why they're watching it because mom set aside time every day to spend time in his word. And that's that's powerful. So tell us, how do you and Pastor Derek lean on your church family for parenting help? Because I know we all need some help. And <laughs> we do. We're, we're called the mom village because it takes a village. Mm, so how do, do. does your family, your church family help you? Well, I feel like this sounds kind of biased because my husband is a pastor, but we do prioritize being at church. And we would do that whether we were he was a pastor or not. We love our church and the adults that are in my kids' life because of their small groups on Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights, having other spiritual adults be able to speak truth into my kids' life and have relationships with them and care about them just means the world to us. So having a village. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So have you ever had, this probably doesn't happen to y'all because your kids probably just hang on every word you say all the time, but have you ever told your children something mm-hmm. and then they go to church and somebody else tells them that? <laughs> and it's like, just asking for a friend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then they act like they've never heard it before and they come home and tell you and it... Has I, that ever happened I at you? I secretly kind of hate it and love it at the same time. <laughs> right? you know, I love that they're actually hearing it, but I'm yeah. like, hmm. it, it, well. is it not all that you can do to go? <laughs> is it only with you kids know or t- it happens with husbands too? <laughs> I feel like no it happens with- <laughs> <laughs> No, but you do have to swallow your pride because you want to go. I just told you that like every week for the past 14 years. Yes, that was me. That was me. But you don't because you love it too. What you're right. You you hate it because you somehow we all want to be the one, you know. And and you're in, truly investing all this time and energy and love with your kids, and you want them to listen to what you say because God has taught you things and you love them. But sometimes God uses the reminders of other spiritual people in their life to actually remind them. What the Scripture says is that the Holy Spirit reminds us of what Jesus said. 
And so as we are telling our kids about Jesus, the Holy Spirit is reminding them that. And he's also using other people in their life to remind them of that. What a gift that is. And that's why we we need a church family. That's why we always harp on, hey, don't neglect making church a priority. It's not just because our husbands are in ministry. It's because we know that we need a village. We need support. We need other people speaking into our kids' lives when they're kind of not sure sometimes if mom and dad really know what they're talking about. Right. And and to add to that, you know, Derek and I as parents need other people too. Mm. So us being involved in our church family, we have other couples that have been through this stage before us that are able to walk with us and give guidance. And that's invaluable too. Yeah. I think if we're growing believers, we should be being discipled and discipling mm-hmm. all at the same mm-hmm. time. And it Accepted really... discipleship too. Yeah. yeah. And that's a Cause, great cause, point. Because uh, sometimes we have the church family and we have the people and we have the resources, yet sometimes we don't want to accept the help. And probably moms that you're listening, because a lot of moms are plugged in in communities, but they don't accept the help to the community, mm-hmm. if, you, if you understand what mm-hmm. I mean. So many moms that we we are so blessed to do ministry with, but I've seen them. I'm like, I got to tell them, accept the the help. Accept the help. Accept the the blessing. Like, don't say no. Like, the Lord has provided all these people around you. Sometimes just say yes. Well, I ask for help now. (laughs) And I, I, that's Megan, because you're older and wiser now, yeah, and you don't yes, have I was to, young and foolish. You don't have to feel like you have to be the helper all the time. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Megan is sitting here, and, and you know our family directly has benefited from Megan pouring into our oldest, who's in college. Madison was in your your group for four years, I think, through high school. And I mean, we were talking about you just the other day, and so it it just it's like a ripple effect. You know, you allow other people to pour into your children and to speak into them. And they remember that and they continue to lean into that. And I've reached out to other women at our church that Madison respects and say, hey, I just, you know, can you text her, give her a call, just check in on her. And they have been so just so willing to do that. And that speaks volumes. That speaks volumes. Well, I want to tell you, I'm not making this up. This is really a thing. But sometimes I will ask my girls, and Jimmy will ask the boys, but like, hey, who in our church do you feel like if there's something going on in your life that you can't tell me, like you just can't bring yourself to tell me, who can you tell? And both of my girls have said all three of y'all at Mm -hmm. different points in their life because they feel safe with you and they know that you have their back and why am I crying about this <laughs> but it's it's important it's not just helpful to Anna Kate and Mary Claire it's helpful to me as a mom because there might be and and they'll all say oh I could tell you anything I, you know but I know I've, I've been a I've been a teenager and you don't always feel it no matter how tight you are with your mom sometimes you just need another yeah, yeah. person that's not in your grill as much as mom is. And so I'm grateful personally for the three of y'all. And Mary Claire's trying to figure out how to get on your camp team, Kira. I really hope you're a counselor (laughs) this year for high school because we're going to have a problem. So anyway, but I love you three. And I'm really grateful that my girls feel like they can go to y'all. And so let's not forget to provide those opportunities for our kids by not making church a priority. Because Megan, you're right. It's not just our kids. We need it. I need to be reminded of the truth, and I need to see people that have walked a step ahead of me doing this well and finishing strong and not giving up. And this was not, and the paper is not that complex. But um, <laughs> no, but Megan, I mean, can you tell our mom village, like how many times, and you don't have to say specific, mm-hmm. but like how many times you can say, like, 
there's has been days that's been so hard and then you just walk in in the church on a Sunday and it just changes your day completely. I mean, as an encouragement for those moms, because we keep saying this and we sound like parrots here, like the, the power of a church family and a community. And how has that affected your family, especially the days that are not so bright and shiny? Yeah. Well, it is always worth it, even though the effort to get to church, get everybody ready, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> get there is is work. It always pays off just to meet with other believers, to be encouraged and and to hear from the Lord. Right. It, it just changes your day. Mm-hmm. I personally say it because there has been days, I mean, like anybody that is listening, you know, we have our ups and downs, but that I'm literally dragging myself to church. I'm dragging myself, my kids also probably without shoes or <laughs> not matching <laughs> clothing. But, but then I get here and I am so thankful and it's like a breath of fresh hair like fresh hair huh that too but because <laughs> i watched it but uh, fresh air you know because the lord just uses that day to, to redeem your situation mm-hmm. with other people other believers and obviously your church family so megan you've had a couple babies couple kids but can you share with our audience you know how have you grown both spiritually and emotionally by the birth of each one of your kids so there is a span so you have a 15 and your youngest is two, and you're expecting the six. So that's a... So I'm going to have to lump my four together. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very difficult time in our lives. I'm going to try to get through this without crying. But um, my mom was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer a year before we had Carly. So that time of my life was spent sitting with her in chemo treatments while having a little toddler running around. And then her um, eventual death, and she went to heaven when Carly was 17 months, and I was eight months pregnant. So all that to say, what the Lord used to grow me spiritually and emotionally through that time of grief was really stripping me away of things that didn't matter as much, and I really had to focus on, okay, what really matters, and kind of reorienting and myself and knowing God is good even though this is not the circumstance I wanted to be in. And so I had a whole bunch of kids, was walking through grief. And so I really had to strip it down to, okay, every day, what is important? Well, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to make sure we're fed. I'm going to do something fun with the kids. And that was it. So that was kind of what the Lord was teaching me through that season. Nine years later with Little Hudson, it's just been a really sweet time of gratitude, enjoying my kids, I think it's just a reminder. It seems like just yesterday, Carly was a two-year-old running around in a little princess dress. So it's been really sweet just to sit back and enjoy each stage of my kids. So I'd say that's where I'm at. I love it. You want to know something that makes me mad about Megan? Megan just cried, and she still looks like I a know, beauty queen. Like, not a tear <laughs> Y'all can't see her, oh but she does a pretty cry. She's beautiful to look at. She's got perfect <laughs> skin. Yes, you do. Pretty eyes, and Make she can qualis. cry and still look good. I'm a little My bit envious. I'm jealous. I'm running. Oh, I get like red. We've been in here looking a hot mess before. We're okay, so, we're such a bunch of just girls. one more reason for me to want to be like Megan when I grow up. <laughs> but Megan, we do love you. We love your family. Her kids are are in tight with my kids and I love that and my grandchild is the age of Hudson okay we're not, we're not gonna go down that rabbit well, hole I don't know if that just makes me a really old mom no no I'm just old and that's the way that it is and it's okay 
but anyway, Megan, we do appreciate you being here talking to us about discipleship at home. And good news is we have you for another episode. So we love you. We love your family. And we appreciate you being here and looking forward to hearing more from you in just a bit. So ladies. Yeah, let's hang in there. We have more deets in part two. So if you think we didn't get deeper, oh, we're getting deeper. So yeah, we're just going to say goodbye with Megan at the count of three. One, two, three. Bye. Bye.